Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 690, no, 49, 649. And I'd like to bring you to our gender reveal, where we're going to reveal it by spelling out the gender in craters on the Earth's surface, so we're launching nuclear war- missiles now. Woo! <laughs> Whoever survives gets to decide what the gender was. Yeah, gender is a social construct, and gender reveal parties are stupid. <laughs> Especially when they've involved destruction of public property. And tainting the water supply. <laughs> Good job, folks. Oh. Uh, Hi. How you doing, I, everybody? Hey there. Hey there. Are you going to introduce us? Uh, joining me today, Kelly Ryan. Hi. Hi and there. Josh Carpenter. Hey, hey. We missed you, Josh. Oh, thank you. God, hearing that you did like three months of work in five days is just—it <laughs> it makes me realize how lazy you are normally. Come yeah, exactly. on, exactly. <laughs> so did I get the numbers off? Slightly, slightly. More okay. like five weeks in three. Mm. Okay, I, mm-hmm. slightly I got more the, manageable. Mm-hmm. I got the numbers right, just not the proportions. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so so I've been busy, so I haven't played that much. I did get around to finishing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That was a very sad and touching ending. Yep. And uh, other otherwise, about the only thing I've been playing has been uh, I've, I've gone back and trying to been pecking away at uh, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. And I have a question for more experienced players. Mm-hmm. When do I know that I'm ready to actually go on and take on uh, Kefka in his tower? Um, so when you feel like it, <laughs> okay, and that particular dungeon, you're going to be split between three different parties. You can go and so, come okay. back too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not a point of no return. No. no. Okay. So you're, you're expected to be want... like, oh, shoot, let's not do this now. <laughs> um, and the, want you can also run out of stuff to do in the world, which is how most people decide. Well, I did everything. Time yeah. to go. <laughs> okay. But at least 12 characters, and yep. you're going to want a good healer on each character. Okay, so I've still or got Or be over-leveled, either way works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think I'm at, like, eight people in my party right now, so I still need to, I need to get, like, probably a full 12 characters. Gotcha. Um, how, how, how adept are you, or how, what am I trying to say? Do, do you don't, not mind using guides? No, no, I'm fine with using guides. Okay, because you you definitely want to gonna want to go find Gogo because he's basically a free character that he it's a mimic character. So not only do they learn all of the spells everybody else knows automatically, but you can also give them any sub ability that is in the game. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So like, if you wanted an extra tool user, you can use that. You can give them Cyan's uh, Bushido abilities. Uh, you can give them Gal's Rage abilities. Neat. Um, basically just a free space for whatever you want to customize. And it's nice if you've only leveled up two healers and don't want to level up a third one. Yeah, I've already been using guides a little bit because I got to the, you know, this point in the game where you kind of get, you finally 
leave the last bit of guided part of the world of ruin and then it's just like it just opens it up it's like an open world game but it gives you very little guidance on what to do next and i'm just like where do i go what do i do next i'm like okay surely i need a party let me i've already been kind of like using some guides to try and figure out where the heck are people what do i need to do well do you not follow the bird come on well yeah i followed the bird but then it's like (laughs) okay I'm I'm to this place. I can't remember which character I found there, but then it's you know it's just open world. Just go and do whatever. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting. I mean, it was kind of revolutionary for the time you get the airship and the world is basically your oyster. At that yeah, point. the world is your burrito. <laughs> <laughs> there are just times when I wish the uh, map was a little bit more modern, where it would actually tell you what what place is where. Because I'm yeah. having to do that with guides, even when it tells me, like, oh, yeah, you need to go back to this place. Yeah, I don't remember where this this city is. And then I got to pull up a map on the on, on actually there to look up where it is I need to go. Yeah, I, I've played this game a million times and even I struggle with remembering what what is what. Well, well, it doubly messes with you since it swaps, you know, like you have the first half of the game and the second half of the game and the map is different. I just always vaguely remembered some landmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not every visit's gonna, place you visit, visit is going to have characters to recruit either. Some places are going to have like uh, special abilities that you can learn. Yeah. Like you run into Sabin's old master, and he teaches Sabin the ultimate uh, technique. Uh, yeah, I, I stumbled across that. That is awesome. Uh, <laughs> It just does way more damage than anything else. It does. And didn't they fix that so that you can just select the ability in that game now? Yes. Because you, you yeah. used Blitzes to have to are do a lot like, easier to do now. Okay, because you used to have to do like Street Fighter moves. Well, you do, but it puts it on the screen. Yeah. Right. Um, and and it, it even simplifies it because it's well, you know, like what it's showing you on screen. It it's showing like. At least playing it on the Steam Deck, it, it will show like, oh, you need to do down and to the left, and mm-hmm. it lets you just get away with pressing either down or left Back. for all those moves. To the left. Back and to the left. A clown. Dead. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that reference, Kelly. That was... Uh, That's Biodome. <laughs> you know... I've heard rumors that Biodome was supposed to be Bill and Ted 3, and ah. I've watched that movie multiple times and have tried to see how. <laughs> There's no time travel. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you know, you know it's funny. I, I told myself when I got my Steam Deck that I was going to buy that bundle that had all six uh, Pixel Remastered Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And then sat and thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. I can just emulate all of these on this. Why am I going to waste $70? Because these are <laughs> better versions. Yeah, but, but then I realized the power I wield. Because and I you can play them second. natively on Steam without futzing with anything and going yeah. through the emulator. But I, I realize the power I wield because okay. I know the second that I hit the buy button, they're going to come to Switch. That's true. That's true. But on Steam Deck, you can potentially fix the font. You won't be able to do yeah. that on Switch. Mm-hmm. See, see, even on mm-hmm. uh, even when I was playing the tablet version of Final Fantasy VI, the font didn't bother me that much. Well, you're no. off the show. I mean, yeah, it's not, what can I say? It's not <laughs> ideal, but I've played worse games with worse fonts. 
<laughs> well, that's true, but it's not exactly saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's um, like, I can read this. It's not like some of those DS games where they were completely illegible. Unix. I can read this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, just kind of look up who you, who you want in your party and uh, go go from there, I guess. Like, there, there's some characters that I've never used in any playthrough, like the uh, Sasquatch character, since you can't really control Umaru. him. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, I realize Lord, he's that one of those so characters much. that just has Berserk on all the time, so he's just constantly, you know, like there, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> the, the only good thing about Amara is maybe using him in the Coliseum. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna have a fun time trying to find all the stuff, and there's some stuff in that game, in that game post game that I don't even see how you could find without a guide. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that was the beginning of the era that was like the era that was like, this is obviously they're doing stuff to sell guides, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you yourself really... upon thine phone. My phone. <laughs> we have a clip of Amaro from Chris's playthrough on the channel. Oh, cool. <laughs> you should link it here. But yeah, um, you sound like you're still having a lot of fun with that game. It is. It's a uh, shocker. It's, it's Final <laughs> Fantasy VI is a good game. No. <laughs> See, some like my husband has tried to play it, play it multiple times, and said that he couldn't really deal with the uh, old schoolness of it. Yeah, I think that one. I, I think it holds up. Although, like I said, there there have just been those occasional times when I'm a little bit like, okay, where do I? What do I do? Like, like I said, I got to this point where you get your party of four back together, and then the world opens up, and it's like, oh, okay, what now? <laughs> I'm used to a modern game that at least gives you a little nudge in a direction. So, uh, speaking of more classic RPGs, I've still been playing uh, Like a Dragon. <laughs> classic RPGs? I, I, I say that because of uh, Kasuga constantly saying that it's a Dragon Quest game, and I I only just now realized that Namba is basically your wizard. <laughs> He's your fire mage. Um, I did get that ability where he can resurrect somebody, and that that is the grossest thing I've ever seen in a video game. And I've played Conquerors <laughs> bad, bad for a day. Whoa, that's saying something, then. <laughs> well, he he goes to resuscitate the party member, and he has the joke with Damba is that he has bad breath, and all of his abilities are like that. So you you see like the the stink cloud coming out of his mouth going right into the nose of whoever he's trying to resuscitate and they wake up and are just horrified and it's like oh god that is so gross because you know he probably smells too halitosis smelling salts <laughs> um i i just got done with chapter 13 and that where it drops some lore bombs um, yeah you're getting you're you're getting pretty far in yeah. Um, well, I've, you know, after every single time where I get control of my character, I look around the map for any side stories to do, and there hasn't been anything. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know if they all unlock at the end or if I'm missing stuff to trigger the side stories or not. Or if I just, I, I know I haven't done them all. Yeah. Just a good so, chunk of them. 
Yeah, like my mind is getting like that's the problem when you play so many Yakuza and Judgment games is I get confused between the different games and like how you do it. Because Judgment has this system where they've got like this Twitter like system that will give you hints on where you need to go. And then you actually have to go and like listen to people to actually unlock some of the side quests. I know there was something it wasn't that involved, but there were some side quests where you had to like go to certain places to actually unlock them. Some of them will just unlock when you get to a certain chapter if you go to a certain part of the map. So, So not all of them are flagged if my memory serves. Right. I mean, I've gotten a good chunk of the summon, so I'm not too phased uh, about that. I, I yeah. can finish the game and be okay, though. I did run myself through that uh, that arena dungeon with the robot to get my levels up a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah, that's a that's I, I we we didn't get to talk because like yeah, that's kind of a unfortunately in thing that you almost have to do in that game because the you get to that arena. And they give it to you right before that really awful boss battle. And oh, you God. better use that arena to level up, because if you don't, you're going to be severely underleveled for this awful boss battle that will absolutely kick your butt. Yeah, that boss fight was a difficulty spike and a half, and I wasn't. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I think I, I died like five or six times at that boss fight. The the only reason I think I got through it after a couple of tries, but the only reason I did was because uh, Sam had you know been playing the game for review and she had kind of like talked about how awful that boss fight was and kind of like oh yeah you got to go and do a bunch of grinding in the arena beforehand. So I I at least knew to do that beforehand, so I didn't get to it and then just you know because arena I mean they always have that in or they they often have that in the Yakuza game. And usually it's something you can just kind of ignore. Like, they'll be like, oh, like one little story thing, and then you can just kind of ignore it. This one, though, like, if you don't do it, you're you're likely going to be badly underleveled for that boss fight. And it's just going to be really difficult. I'll bet that fight was doubly heinous for Sam because she hates that character, too. <laughs> well, she was, I'm sure, was playing in Japanese, so it was right. fine. right. See, if I didn't know that character was voiced by that voice actor, I wouldn't have even noticed. It didn't sound like him at all. <laughs> I, I'm being vague because I don't know if it's a spoiler that that character shows up. Like we were, we were, de- we were debating whether this was a spoiler before the show, and I'm like, well, you fight him almost every game, but. <laughs> It's, if you've played the series, it really shouldn't be a shock. It's it's more of a shock when he doesn't show up. But so I guess leave it, it at could that. Be. I mean, what is it a spoiler when Ganon shows up in the Zelda? Yeah. <gasps> oh no! Even when it's not obvious. But which Ganon? Is it primordial soupy Ganon or pig Ganon or man Ganon? I, you know. That's or, the surprise. Or, yeah. Girl Ganon. Girl Ganon. Oh, is there girl uh, Ganon? Uh, low like rule between worlds, yeah. yeah. Ganon girl. <laughs> but um, I don't know when I'm gonna get around to finishing that because I still I still have a little bit of a ways to go, like two more chapters, and I need to do some um level grinding a little bit. I because I want um Kazuka to learn Wrecking Ball because I have him specced as a uh, foreman right now, mm. uh, just to give him some kind of t- tough abilities and. I don't know. I just want to 
saying come in like a wrecking ball when he uses that move. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just so so my... how do you like the job system? Like it's 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 an interesting addition to Yakuza. So what do you think of it? I, I think it's really neat and I don't know. <laughs> like like seeing a tough Korean mobster as a break dancer. <laughs> Or, you know, the, the two girl characters as dominatrixes <laughs> and how saucy some of their moves are. Because uh, I used Aerie's uh, healing move on uh, uh, Kazuka and, and he when he goes, well, you really know how to keep a guy up. It's like, yep, that, that earned the M rating there. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing i mean you know like it's always like this is their first foray into it so like there, there's always going to be some some quibbles but like it could have used a little bit better variety especially the female characters kind of got the short short shrift there where there yeah. just wasn't a lot of choices for jobs for them but that's something to expand on in the you know as as they move forward yeah, um, I wasn't really happy with a lot of their jobs because it's like, okay, it's either healer, dominatrix, or completely luck-based. Yeah. And I do not like luck-based uh, characters at all. So I I just stuck with uh, dominatrix for one chick and I- idol singer for the other chick. And she- she's who I've been using. My, my main party is actually consisted of Kazuka... Uh, I think it's June, the Korean mobster. Um, I can never remember her name, but it starts with an S. Not not the one that's the optional female character, but the main one. Man, it's been too long. Now my mind's gone blank. I want to say Saga, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's not right. But yeah, the quote, the chick as an idol singer. And then Psycho. Yeah. And then I either switch out between Namba or Zhao, depending on the situation. Because mm-hmm. um, Namba's really good for AoE, but Zhao's really good for debuffing uh, certain fights. And th- that fight at the end of Chapter 13, I had to keep attack, keep doing the attack debuff on him at all times, because otherwise he was just wrecking my people. Um, especially when he switched to the, to the cane. Well, it's like that that boss fight is tough because it's two different people that you're fighting. I remember you you had to, like, take one of them down quickly so that you weren't just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know how soon I'm going to finish that game, but I would like to finish it at some point because I do have Trails from Zero in my Switch ready to go. <laughs> it's ready. Yeah, my, my copy of it showed up this week. Yeah, I, I saw that and all the swag. You got along with it. <laughs> that that I stupidly bought and don't really have room for. Uh, can you get like a puzzle mat and roll it up? Uh, I'm I'm sure I could, but I'm I'm thinking like doing that on the floor with my cat probably oh, isn't yeah. going to work well. Yeah, I'll just sit in the middle of it. <laughs> he'll 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 get the pieces and carry them off to God knows where. <laughs> Man, you have a cat that steals pieces. I've never seen that before. I'm sure he'll do that. <laughs> He's a mess, man. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is Shining Force 3 on my Steam Deck, and I finally got through one of the most annoying fights in that game. Um, it's where 
there are a bunch of refugees on the other side of the map, and you have to get to them before the soldiers start killing them all. And mm -hmm. the nice thing is that you can control them. They're not AI controlled, but their range sucks. And the way you're supposed to finish the map is to get one character to a railroad switching point so that the train will cut off the refugees and soldiers. But then if you get the refugees too close to the next set of soldiers, then they'll start getting picked off. And you want to save all five refugees in this map, because if you do, in scenario three, you get one of the best swords in the game. <laughs> but it's an escort mission in a strategy RPG. Yeah, so, Ugh. you know, lots of resetting, lots of save states, lots of how the hell are you, am I supposed to get to that point within three turns? Um, but somehow I managed to do it. And <laughs> once I figured it out, I was very proud of myself. But my, my God, trying to not get them killed or, you know, that those old strategy RPGs where you can't really see the point where you're going to start aggroing people, but you know it's there. Um, yeah. Something that Fire Emblem later rectified by having that uh, area of where you're you're going to get an enemy's range, which I am way too spoiled on. <laughs> yeah, it, make, it makes things so much easier. <laughs> well, and, and thankfully, modern Fire Emblems have mostly dumped some of the other like not friendly stuff like fog. You know, yeah. I don't know if you remember like the the. Like the GameCube and Wii ones where they would have the, the fog where you literally couldn't see the enemies and you'd wander out and then like, oh, crap, there's like five enemies hiding in the fog and that guy's dead. And now I'm going back and redoing my say. Yep, I remember that and I absolutely hated it. Yep. Uh, luckily, with Fire or with Shining Force 3, the AI can be kind of dumb and easily manipulated because if you get a hero character in the fray the uh the, the enemies will just laser focus on the hero character no matter what yeah um and i always try to buff up the defense of of my hero hero character so that they can take hits pretty well um for that very reason um like if there's a bunch of stat boosting items that you can find hidden in any shining force game and i just dump all of them on the hero character uh, because he, he stays in your party the whole game, and if he dies, then it's game over. So you might as well just make him an absolute, uh, as they say, brick shit house. Um, <laughs> so you've so. had the Steam Deck for a few weeks now. How are you mostly using it? Are you using it like a portable system, or you just got it plugged into a, uh, a USB uh, uh, hookup so hooked up to your TV? I've mostly been using it as a portable system, mainly because I haven't bought a dock yet to just have the TV aspect of it be pl plug and play. Yeah. Because um, right now, I mean, I just bought some stuff to get me going, and one of them was the little USB hub that lets you output to the TV. Yeah. And that was that's kind of a hassle to mess with because I pretty much had to yank all the parts out of my Switch to... Uh, plug that in because i didn't want to run new cables to mm -hmm. test it out um so yeah it's it's mostly just been a portable thing P playing at night before i go to bed um playing a little bit after dinner 
So I'm curious, is it like too, is, is it still comfortable? Is it too heavy? Or what do you think about the ergonomics of it? It's so heavy. Like, it is very heavy. Like, I think it work. It works for me, but I don't know about other people. That's what I'm kind of curious about. I will admit, I, I wish that it was a little bit lighter because, yeah, it can be pretty heavy um, when, when I'm sitting there playing and I've got a cat in the way and I've got to push, push them aside and I'm holding it with one hand and it's like, this is going to slip right out of my hand. Um, or when I'm laying in bed and with my switch, I lay on my side and I have this one D twenty pillow that I put in between my arms to kind of prop myself up, and it's the perfect size for the switch, but it's just narrow enough that it doesn't quite work with the Steam Deck. So I've got to grab a blanket and like fill in the gap. And even then, I can kind of feel my left hand cramping up a little bit when I'm sitting on my side. I need to just sit on lay on my stomach. And play it like that. Yeah, that that's how so, I'm usually doing it. Is I'm like you know kind of laying on my side and propping it on a pillow, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what? So, what I could do is use my uh, tablet arm and stick it on there, but I don't know if it's going to be too heavy for that. Funny you should mm-hmm. mention that. So this week I got a Project Kill Switch from D Brand. If you're familiar with D Brand, they make phone cases and skins, and I also got like replacement covers for my ps5 so it doesn't look like it has a freaking popped collar anymore um <laughs> so uh they made this switch stand uh switch case thing and it it's interesting so what you i got the travel pack so you get um kind of a case that this the the steam deck slips into um and kind of wraps around it um i got a skin that i could put on the front i haven't done that yet because you have to use a hair dryer and i just didn't want to deal with the hassle right now um uh, you get a front cover that snaps on to, it's a hard shell cover so that you can travel with it or have it in a backpack and it's not, you don't have to worry about the screen getting cracked or anything. Um, and then now you have a, a it, so it, what's nice about it is now you have like this just compact, hardened, ready to travel unit that doesn't have a separate bulkier case around it. So it can fit into more bags and stuff. So it's a little bit more portable. So that's cool. Um, I take the cover back off and because that's how you would play it, right? And then I am able to now put it into my bed stand because it makes this the uh Steam Deck just tall enough that it will fit in the in the stand holder I have because before it was just not tall enough and the the grippy arm hold the clamp thing I have um I'm able to use it on the switch by turning it sideways and taking the joy cons off so it can squeeze the switch that way. That makes the switches long enough in that direction. You can't mm-hmm. take the controllers off of the steam deck. So I had to go vertically or horizontally the other way, which was not big enough. Now with this little case on, it's big enough so I can finally hold it on my stand though. I did have to replace my stand had different springs depending on if you want to put really heavy things on it or not. So I put, everything so i put the heavy weight springs on it and it's like ah this is what they were designed for now it can hold this (laughs) so now i have the the steam deck able to be resting on the on my switch stand above my head um without falling onto my face which happened many times before as i tried to shim things in there and get it to stay in there as anna can attest to because she would laugh every time would fall and smack me in the face um yeah, Vaughn, my my Steam Deck is now an absolute unit. You're right. Yeah. Uh, in addition uh, to what I just described, you get the case that wraps the, the thing goes in. You get the front cover. You get some stick covers 
um, uh, in the bundle I got, I got two black ones or um, two that one's orange, one's blue. They're doing a little portal promotion. So you get like the portal colored stick covers if you want that. Those feel good. They have a nice feel to them. Um, they make the sticks a little bit taller, which for some games helps with control. Um, then on the back, it has a magnetic mount for a kickstand, um, which is cool. So now my, my Steam Deck has a kickstand, so I can put it on a table and it'll just prop up. And uh, that's cool, too. And it's easy to take the kickstand off with the magnet mount. Um, little problem they announced the day that it, it arrived. They learned that the magnetic kickstand affects some of the fans in the Steam Decks. The uh, Steam Deck has switched the fans oh, no. that they used um, from Delta to Huaying. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm saying Huaying wrong. Um, but they, uh, they've changed fan providers. And the Delta fans get slowed down when the magnetic kickstand is attached. Oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. So the title of the email was Our Million Dollar Mistake. So they're going to be resending entire... Everyone who bought one is going to get a new case and a new kickstand. It's going to be a mechanical mount, so it'll, like, twist in and lock rather than be magnetic. And, um, yeah, oopsie. They didn't notice that because all the Steam Decks they had had the newer fans. Because, mm. you know, it was hard to get Steam Decks, and then they switch it, and then, yeah. And they didn't notice until people, the press were doing reviews, and some people would be like, when you put this thing on, this, the fan speed goes down. <laughs> <laughs> you can could, you could market it as a feature. Hey, your fans are too loud. You put this on. So, um, yeah, they, but then yeah. you burn up your deck. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the, that's the problem. So they're selling these things for uh, in a variety of different bundle packs and like you, how many accessories on. Uh, if nothing else, I do recommend if you just want to make the Steam Deck grippier and just feel better in your hands, getting just the base case is real nice. So I do recommend the dbrand um, Kill Switch if you're in the market for something to make it more portable or easier to deal with or have the Kickstarter functionality. Um, and honestly... Until they send out the new fans, don't worry about the the fan thing because, like, well, unless you're really pushing the unit, right? So if you know you're not going crazy with the fan, you shouldn't worry about it making it a little slower because the temperature will make it ramp up a little more and that'll overcome it. So whatever. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Oh, I, I guess they suspended sales, didn't they? Yeah, I guess they're going to not bring sales back online until they have the new kickstands anyway. Well, anyway, that's my review of the kill switch. It's It's not bad. Um, unfortunately it doesn't make it smaller, which is the biggest thing the Steam Deck needs as far as competing with the Switch. You need a Steam Deck light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a I'm good unit, and then I've been sitting there like, now I can finally play in bed without it falling on my face and Anna laughing at me, and I still couldn't find anything I wanted to play on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no more trombone hero? Uh, well, okay. I, it was in the... Anna was sleeping. I couldn't play trombone okay. hero while she's. I start laughing too much and shaking the bed. <laughs> she can't. I can't have that. Well, what I want to know is what game would push it so hard that the well, like fans the, when you be- run like the shooters and stuff or the oh. the fancy stuff that it can barely keep up with. That's going to push it real hard. Like I, I saw a tutorial this week about how you can get WoW running on it. Yeah, that's what I should play with and see how that goes. Because. That that's what I want to try since we've got a uh a release date for Dragonflight. And I might re up it's, it's when in um, flight. It, it is will be in flight on November twenty eighth. And yeah, I will um I will probably re up when the ten point patch hits. Um 'cause to they're making it 
basically more like Final Fantasy XIV, where you can completely customize your UI now. So really, the only mod I might still need is Deadly Boss mods, and even then I can't see myself doing a bunch of writing. Uh, on that, I'd rather have the precise control of a PC. But um, the fact that you can run it on WoW without having to do the, what is it, the cloud sync thing? Because um, I tried the cloud sync thing with Skyrim, and it did not like that at all. It ran like a slideshow, but as we know, my um, my internet downstairs notoriously sucks. Um, the, the other th- issue that I've been having with the Steam Deck, and this is a an emulation issue and a RetroArch issue, is the fact that the RetroArch just takes whatever control scheme you set it as as gospel and does not automatically default to one when the controller is not detected. Because um, I went to tre- go. Because okay. it treats it like a computer and doesn't doesn't like uh, realize like oh I've I've got a built-in controller all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because like I went to go lay down Tuesday night to play and it's like why can't I control my Shining Force game? Oh, because the last time I had this on I had it hooked to the TV with a controller. So I went downstairs, grabbed my controller, come come back up, turned it on. It's not recognizing the controller, <laughs> recognizing it, and then end up going to bed angry as hell because my hour of post pre-bedtime gaming was just a complete waste. And then wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, because I have an 8-bit controller and Steam thought it was an Xbox controller, not a Switch controller. Because of how, how you turn it on with this particular controller, uh, it assigns a profile to it. And I was like, okay, that's really handy, but also really frustrating because I had no idea that if I held Y and start to start it to start the controller up, that it would do this. So I'm not going to do TV mode for a while just because that was so much of a hassle to get it back how I wanted it. And it, this is a complete retro arc issue. I'm this so is confused. Uh, you're switching it between what and what? Um, Between what? By. 8-bit Doe controller yeah. and the Steam profile. And so it gets confused and it thinks you still have the controller con- connected, but you don't. And it yeah. doesn't default back to the default um, Steam Deck controls. Yeah. And it's annoying. Okay. It, it, it's the it's the power and yet the drawback of the Steam Deck is that you can do all you kinds just of... press cr- the button you know. and turn off the controller, though, can't you? No, you have Chris. You have to go into the profile and tell it I'm using the Steam Deck controller. Wait, is this in RetroArch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that does suck. No, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've dealt. I fought with that. I've had to attach. Oh my God, Kelly! The number of times I've had to take a Raspberry Pi and throw keyboards on it and mice just to freaking get out of the trying to talk to a controller that doesn't exist right now. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. Um. I'm. Next time we when we go to Walmart on Monday, I'm probably going to pick up a Bluetooth keyboard just so that I can. Oh, don't pick up e- a keyboard. Um, okay. So for RetroArch, since you're dealing with RetroArch, well, it's not Laka, so it might be more flexible. I would almost say go go cabled. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh! But but you're not on the Raspberry Pi. Maybe this will just work. So good luck to you. Don't spend yeah. a lot, or get a Bluetooth one that you can also cable in. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, just from experience, I've with my Raspberry Pis, you can't rely on the Bluetooth working either. 
Yeah, no, the Bluetooth one that I saw is like only like 15 bucks. And it's a similar one I use for my tablet. Because um, I look at my Bluetooth keyboard, you basically use like a little laptop for my tablet, but I don't want to sacrifice that one for my Steam Deck. So um, we'll just see how it goes. Oh, there, there is a question in the chat about mods on games on Steam Deck. So any game that supports mods for the Linux version of the game will will work like which natively. Not, which is not most of them. <laughs> yeah, which is not most of them, but there are some that, that support, support it on the Linux version, and so you can just install the mods. And of course, because it's just a Linux PC at its core, they're all, you know, like you can find ways to install all kinds of mods on, on games, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of like typing in terminal to do it. Mm delightful yeah. so if that I sounds have, fun you get to do that i have not had a lot of chance to play with that because i just booted up the cloud version of skyrim and didn't actually install skyrim on my deck to see if mods worked because mm-hmm. uh, i didn't want to wait two days for that clunker to download yeah I'm, i i, I think game. i'm gonna get back to uh playing uh trails to azure that that pc version i've got of it and I'm going to try, I, I I played around with a little bit of like streaming it from my PC to my uh, Steam Deck. So I think I'm going to play around with that because I looked at some of the stuff about installing it on Steam Deck and I was just like, ooh, I don't I don't think I want to go to this kind of trouble. <laughs> I think I'll just deal with streaming it. <laughs> like it's possible, but the threads of how to do it was just, I'm just like, no, that's that's more work than I want to do for this. Yeah, um, like I've said, great system, but man, it it can be fiddly when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and I I might be going to my mom's house tonight, bringing it with me. I don't know what I'm gonna do if my sister get one for kid. Kelly, like, where do I go for the WoW on Steam Deck guide? Where's the best place? I I put it in. I don't uh, remember. They've got this. Oh no, it's Alex video, but it's just a dude's face on the screen. I don't want to do that one. They're like a guide with pictures. I could have sworn I put it in the... Yeah, but then I have to go find it. Chris, you just scroll up. All right. I mean, the thing is, is that the Steam Deck, if you stick to Steam, it does kind of work like a console. And it has all this, you know, like, unlike any other console that's always, like, locked down to the, the specific experience, they leave it unlocked. You know, it's also a Linux PC, and you can do all kinds of customization to it if you want to, but you can totally ignore that and just play stuff off of Steam, and it, it it's um, an amazingly seamless experience when you do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I've said before, this is a dream for me because I love tinkering with what works and what doesn't work um, on that on things like this. I, that's why I love playing with playing around with Raspberry Pi so much, just throwing baps on it and seeing what worked. I love uh, I love Linux installation things. You know how you get going with installing WoW on the Steam Deck, apparently? And this is according to a guide from May, so maybe there's a better way now. You you go to desktop mode, you go to the store, the app store in the desktop mode, you find and include Proton Up QT, you launch it, then you set the compatibility tool to Proton-GE and use the latest version, and then you restart the Steam Deck, and then boot back to gaming mode, and then, ins- and then restart it to desktop mode again, and then you're good to go. 
So you have to install Proton to install Proton and then reboot and then run Proton. So even <laughs> yeah, though and, and keep in mind Steam Deck comes with Proton as well. We just don't want to use that one. You've got to use a I different did. one, yeah. The guy that I just posted that I got from Reddit just has you installing the launcher. Okay. Just going right to it then. Okay. Yeah. But um Fon also said that that guide was kind of confusing him too, so might need to find a more elaborate one. It's just the one that I saw that kind of piqued my interest. But um, yeah, uh, Steam Deck stuff in a nutshell. Yeah, Vaughn said that it was confusing and boring to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a guide about Linux. Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understood. Um, but hey, you've been playing Boulder's Gate. I have been. I've been playing two games this week. Three games? Okay. First, Baldur's Gate, which I've been gradually getting into over the course of the week. It was having trouble grabbing me, but now I think I'm sufficiently grabbed. I'm still bummed I don't have a good way to play it with controller on my Steam Deck. And I think I need to take another swing at it, um, especially now that I have the the thing allowing it to stay in my Switch stand. But uh, we'll see if I can get there. It's just... It's not a game designed for controller, unless you're on the console, in which case they design a controller interface for it. But they didn't port it back to the PC. So, Chris, do you need to buy like a trackball and a Bluetooth keyboard? To I need to just to buy it on Deck? Switch and accept it is what I need to do. But <laughs> A trackball in bed? Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, like you don't have to move like the trackball would work in bed, right? Do I still own my trackball? <laughs> you got me thinking now yeah, no, and I would have to run the cable to a dock into the Steam Deck is the best part so I've got yeah, to have yeah. like cable management to my Steam Deck in bed awesome <laughs> this sounds fantastic this, uh, yeah this is the best idea ever um, okay think of all the time you'll have to spend to set this up <laughs> and the, I'm sure Anna won't mind the clicking sound from the from the trackball buttons oh probably not <laughs> Anyway, yes, I'm enjoying that. Turns out Baldur's Gate is a good game. What a shock. The internet hasn't been wrong for 25, 30 years or whatever it's been. Um, What else? Uh, also been playing... Uh, the, the game I have decided to play in bed when I'm like, I don't want to fight with the Steam Deck or I can't decide something else um, has been a fallback to uh, Slay the Spire where I'm trying to go through with the Ascendant or whatever the fourth class is and I really suck at that class and I can't make progress going up the tower so i'm working on it we'll see if i get a successful run at some point and with that said the other game i played was the alien rpg game which is uh made by the people who make tales from the loop or um mutant year zero same company but this is based on the ridley scott you know aliens universe so playing colonial marines and dealing with androids and aliens and politics and people and shooting stuff so uh did that with uh with my local gaming group and uh that was interesting um i chose a minigun and just basically stood in the back because i'm i'm dialing in remote i'm the only one remote still because covid's over for everybody except me apparently um so i'm 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 remote 
and and just kind of really hard to role play with a group that's all in person and you're the only remote person so i just kind of sit there and be like can i shoot things yet and they tell me no and then they're like yes shoot stuff shoot stuff and i'm like all right and i roll all the dice and i miss and that's how that goes (laughs) that's all i got hello so feedback Yes, unfortunately, we only had one feedback this week. Um, It was from Strawberry Eggs, a.k.a. Cassandra. Um, I suppose this counts as a gaming white whale. After I learned about it, I became curious to try to play what may be the oldest computer RPG that's still playable. It's called Pettit 5 or The Dungeon, and it was developed by the Plato Computer Network in 1975. I am interested in the early days of computer and video role-playing games, but I'm not sure if I want to put in the effort to try and play Pettit 5. Getting a Play-Doh... I'm sorry, it sounds like you're saying pedophile almost. I know, it's it's (laughs) how it's... There might be a better way to pronounce it, but that's what it is. Can you spell it or something? P-E-D-I-T-5. All is one thing. Um, getting a play, right. getting a Play-Doh emulator working on a modern computer seems like a tad complicated, and the game is apparently really hard. I managed to get through the ancient. Art you said Play-Doh, but you didn't mean like the goopy stuff. You meant no, pl- an old play- computer. Oh, yeah, Play-Doh, P-L-A-T-O. Um, oh, this is like the original text dungeon crawl video game. Apparently, all right. Yeah. Um, I managed to get through the ancient RPG Aclabeth, so I'm still curious to try something that's primordial in comparison. Oh, is this somebody planning to, ch- to torture a child and say, if you want to play modern video games, you have to start here? <laughs> no, it's just pure curiosity from her part, and I okay, give her props because um, like, I've wanted to go back as far as Ultima. Look at these graphics. Wow. I still can't even th- oh, fathom getting as primitive as Ultima. I, I mean, we did this stuff when we were kids because we didn't have any choice. Yeah. I mean, I still have those memories when I was a little kid of having a Commodore 64 and copying the programming into the into the into the Commodore 64 and recording it on the the little cassette tapes and then playing it back into the RAM so I could play a game. But you know, obviously there was a typo and then it wouldn't work and you'd have to go and try and find your typo. I'm like five years old doing this. But we, yeah. we didn't do it because it was fun. We did it because there was nothing else. <laughs> yeah, L-O-A-D asterisk, comma, eight, comma, one, return. How the hell do I still know that? <laughs> I can't remember my own phone number half the time, but I can remember... Oh, uh, so, oh, oh wait, never mind. I shouldn't say that yeah. on the stream. You don't know my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say mine. <laughs> um. No, but no, I can't remember that, but I can remember how to get into most Commodore discs using that command. And yeah, I was the same age. I was like five and knew how to do this stuff. <laughs> but I, um, oh, and that was the other thing. I don't think anybody ever actually owned a Commodore, a store-bought Commodore disc. You just had a, a carriage full of copied floppies because we were all pirates back then. At least that's how it was for me. And oh my god, do you guys remember that floppy disk smell? No. The 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 real like five and a quarter giant oh, floppies. The big ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of weird plastic smell you get from them. Oh. It's like Chris talking about magnets on his Steam Deck, and I remember being terrified of having a magnet anywhere near that old Commodore. It took me many years to get over my fear of magnets near computers. 
Yeah. Yep, same here. Thank you, SSDs, for helping me move on. Um. So, yeah, that was our one feedback. Um, our feedback this week, um, you can uh, put it in the show thread on rpgamer.com for this show. Uh, have you ever bought into a failed console? And we're keeping the definition of failed very loosely because you can go as obscure as the Jaguar or the 3DO, or you can Ooh, go as not, are... obs- not obscure as the Wii U. Yeah, Wii U is pretty failed. I love that Wii U, but yeah, it, it definitely. We've got a well. new contender this week. Yes. <laughs> uh, and if you bought into this one, um, tell us. Uh, beat me into the news, guys. <laughs> to the surprise of absolutely no one, and to the surprise of people that thought it already died, uh, Google Stadia is shutting down in January. Mostly that. <laughs> like, they're not dead already? <laughs> there, were, there were game announcements for the Stadia the day before they finally announced they were shutting it down. There were tweets from people like, well, we were going to be coming out in a month, and they didn't tell us that they were shutting down. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's going to shut down on January 18th, and they're going to be offering refunds for all, all hardware purchases, as well as game and add-on content purchases, purchases made through the Stadia store, with the process expected to be completed in mid-January 2023. Which is both nice of them to do, but also kind of tells you how little must have been sold that they're willing to do that. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling one of my friends on Twitter that, yeah, part of why it failed is, and I'm the same way, paying full price for a game that not only do you not technically own, but is sitting on a server somewhere and you just have the right to stream it. Like, like I actually got into the beta that was in that was done before Stadia that they did with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And playing that, I mean, it was kind of impressive how well it kind of worked. I mean, Assassin's Creed's not really a, a twitchy sort of game, mm-hmm. so it was okay to play streaming. But at the same time, like, it, it was kind of mind-boggling that they were going to try and get you to pay $60 to buy a brand new game and play it yeah. streaming. Like, oh. Microsoft has this right. Like, you know, like, if you're going to do this, it's it's a streaming supplement to what you already have, you know? Um, not in this story because it came out later, but I've also heard that Ubisoft is going to be um, honoring purchases through their own store. Correct. Yeah. Ubisoft has said stuff. that. So if you bought anything through the Stadia store, they're going to try and basically give you a, a, an Ubisoft version of that on their whatever the heck. I can't even remember what Ubisoft store is. You play? You play? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, which which is also nice of them, but it was also telling of sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that when Ubisoft when Connect that. now. Oh, it's Ubisoft Connect. I, um, I had to go look it up. Like I I know they have a new name. <laughs> what are we talking about though? Ubisoft Connect. So we talk about the thing that we, oh god. I was... We all knew this was coming one day. We we knew it was coming from when they announced it. Hey hey, let me surprise you. Amazon Luna is still a thing. Yeah, you haven't thought about that in a while, have you? That's got to be because Amazon hasn't thought about that either. It's linked on the top. It's like almost in defiance of indice trends. If you go to twitch.tv and go like, oh, no, I'm not logged in here. I'll have to log in and tell you. But 
like at the top of the screen yesterday for me. Oh my gosh, Twitch. Oh, you're killing me. At the top of the screen on, on Twitch, it was like Amazon Luna. <laughs> like what? Find out more about Amazon Luna here. And I'm like, why? I don't want to. <laughs> why? to stop stop harassing me about Luna. I don't care about Luna. And it's like, no, you want a you want a cloud game. I'm like, no, no, I don't. No. I'm always annoyed when I go to claim my monthly Prime games, and it's like, oh yeah, there's a oh, wait, no. hey, never mind. Yeah, here it um, is, right here. Discover Luna. And it's like, I don't want to. And then they're like, but you get free games because you're a Prime member. I'm like, oh yeah, what what free games do I get? Earthworm Jim Two, Skatebird, Monster Truck Championship, Star Wars Pinball. Blair Witch and Metro Exodus. The rest of these, um, you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to. And you can do Ubisoft. I don't even know. You could play Ubisoft Plus games on there too. So if you didn't know, Ubisoft for eighteen bucks, you have access to all their games with all their DLC, which is cool. Especially if you want to like just get in, play a game for a month with all its DLCs, and be done with it. Um, and then I guess if you subscribe to that, you can play them on Luna as well. I don't know. I don't get it. But, uh, yeah, that, sorry. That, that's all I got. I, I was thinking about Ubisoft cause you said that and I was like, how did I get to Ubisoft? <laughs> Hi. And the other issue that's been cited obviously is that the American internet structure sucks. Um, so many people were still, uh, with, with low bandwidth caps and don't have fiber their neighborhood and yeah um not having a good internet would kill a service like that mm-hmm. so um r.i.p stadia uh I, are we gonna miss you no miss- no no <laughs> nobody nobody missed you when you came out nobody wanted you go away <laughs> away with you stadia be gone <laughs> oh, well Chris, you're so salty well, well, guys, do you want a new Monster Hunter no. game? Oh, yes. Yes. No? yes. Yes. I'm sorry. What, what about if EA and Koi Tecmo make one? Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's what I said. What? <laughs> so EA and Koi Tecmo have announced Wild Hearts, which is a new hunting game uh, developed by Omega Force. Oh, it's so not actually Monster Hunter. Okay. Set the release on January 17th, <sighs> PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. At seventy dollars, um, and yeah, it's you're in the world of, of Azuma, and it's inspired by feudal Japan, and you're basically uh, destroying giant monsters. Now, I will say what I like about this is that the monsters are a lot more titany than your Monster Hunter monsters. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're gonna have party members having to like climb up them or get on get on top of their head while other people are hacking away at their feet. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really show a lot of. Yeah, there, there's going to be support for parties of up to three, and they showed a lot of the, the uh, kind of like using traps against the enemies and that kind of aspect of the game. I don't know that there was a lot showing the actual group of three people trying to take down an enemy at the same time to get a sense of like the strategy that may be involved. Yeah, um, it could be an interesting game, or it could be a total flop. We don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm not exactly clear what exactly EA's part in in this is other than just money. <laughs> probably money. Yeah. Um but we'll we'll see how that works. Um 
weren't people trying to chase the mon monster hunter train back in the early 2000s and it wasn't working like lost planet three that was capcom that it's okay if they chase the train because they made the train also people like lost planet I just remember a lot of games back then trying to ape that style and didn't do very well. But uh, what's the Square Enix games. one? Um, uh, Lord of Arcania. Oh, not the Square Enix one then. Uh, Namco, the, whatever the arms, not arms. Uh, God Hunt, God Eater. There you go. Yeah. Who's that? Is that Namco? Yeah, that was Namco. That was um, the one on Vita, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I think later on they had a PS4 one. I mean, this looks like a monster hunting game. This could be good. Yeah. But at the same time, thanks to Rise, I want to say Monster Hunter is like more popular than ever in the U.S. now. So maybe yep. it might work this time. I don't know. It might. Um, it might not. I mean, I I know that I might be a little curious about the near Automata anime going to be airing in January. I I just feel like good. EA Originals Koei Tecmo. Why is EA involved in this? Koei Tecmo can just publish, can't they? Am I confused about something? You might be. I'm confused too. Alright. Well, are you are you confused about the near automata anime? Um, I haven't watched it, but I'm sure if I did I'd be confused. Well, you haven't watched it because it's not out yet. <laughs> oh, okay. It's staring in January. Well, then I can watch it then and be confused. Yeah. Um, they've also got new videos for the Switch release. Um Switch release was cloud only, wasn't it? No, no. This one that they actually made it run on Switch. Oh, that's kind of the okay. impressive thing. Wow. They they actually put some time and money and effort into making it work on Switch. Oh, right. Because pe people complained about they can do that, but not with Kingdom Hearts. And Correct. Two different teams, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we've got new uh, footage of that, and it's going to release physically and digitally on October sixth, twenty twenty two. And we'll come with the game's DLC with the long number. I'm not even going to try to read. Mm -hmm. um, as well as the near replicate inspired costumes. I still need to play Automata. I bought yeah. the PS4 version. Definitely. It's it's excellent. It's just amazing. <laughs> you like the first near game, so you'll like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so. somebody else we know is going to be playing near Automata soon. Ooh. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they think of it. Mm-hmm. I've already wife? informed them of how the um the ending structure well, I guess they already knew, but like you you can't just stop once you get the first end and say you're good. No. <laughs> that is not how the game works. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you know up front. And this isn't just me harassing you about not getting the true ending in Dragon Quest. Like, seriously, you're missing out on the point of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because that's how I knew about Nier's, uh, Nier Rumpkin stuff, is um, having to delete your save file in those versions. Spoiler! <laughs> I, I think that's a spoiler people kind of need to know. <laughs> just just saying. Hey, so when you finish the anime, do you have to, I don't know, delete the... You have to discs? go to the Men in Black and get, like, your um, the Mind Eraser. <laughs> gotta delete Netflix. <laughs> you gotta delete Netflix. Perfect. You can save some money. They they cost a lot. Man, Netflix is expensive. They've all shot up, but that's a discussion for another time. Uh, we've got more Harvestella news. This time they're talking yeah. about summer. Um, the 
there's a town based on summer called Chateaua. Um, it has one of the four crystals of harmony between the four seasons and is a fishing village and looks kind of neat. Uh, it, like the game looks, you know, graphically quite nice. This is going to be the boringest of... game ever. Yeah, that I mean, that's, actually, that's there's the a problem. demo out. I guess you can know, right? Yeah, Isn't there I'm... a demo? Yeah, Did I imagine that? Ten, okay. The demo's yeah, on yeah. Nintendo Switch. It's one of the 8,000 farming life sim games coming to Switch or on Switch now because mm-hmm. we need 27 of them. Hey, the Switch yeah. is perfect for farming sim games, though. Great. I put but, like but, uh, but that's the thing with these farming sim games, Kelly. I, I know you play a lot, you know, at least a fair number of them. Is it, You don't go into it for the graphical fidelity. Like, no. the gameplay loop needs to be good and satisfying. Yeah. And that's the thing we don't know about this one. Well, that, yeah. then, if that were the case, Josh, no one would play any of them. And yet they do. <laughs> so there must be something else they're getting out of them. Well, they enjoy the gameplay. Loop. Even the bad yes. ones seem to sell okay. Well, not all of the bad ones. Um, K- Kataria Fables was pretty mediocre, and I still put a lot of hours into it. You know what has a good story is the Sakuna one, but it's also oh, an yeah, action that game. Good. Yeah, that's more of a Metroidvania. Yeah, one with very detailed rice planting. <laughs> I need to gather spiders to manage the pest population of my rice patties. You manage the pest population with ducks in that one. The ducks are cool, but then we had to eat the ducks. And we were sad. I I have never had duck, and I don't know if I want to. They're too cute. (laughs) It's very tasty. Oh, so good, Kelly. cooked well. It's (laughs) very easy to mess up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah, so Anna's admitting to it. She's going to be playing Automata. Right. Okay. I need to play She's never game. played the first Nier, has nope. she? Oh, wow. That's There you go. Um, next but it doesn't sound like you need to for this No, one. you don't. It's really good, though. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Plus, you get that lovely Liam O'Brien voice the whole game. Oh, is he the kid, Nier? No, he's the book. Oh, he's the book, right. Yeah. It does an excellent voice of that book, too. Let's see, what does he say? My pages are struggling to be full of knowledge that I have. I mean, that's not a bad impression. <laughs> that's a Liam Yeah. I figured you'd give me that one. <laughs> no, what's hilarious is that the girl in that is vo- that you're hanging out with is voiced by Laura Bailey, and in the end game, they hate each other, mm-hmm. but in real life, they're like best friends. So... Uh, the book calling the girl a hussy the whole game is just funny to me if you know that. Just Liam's <laughs> Liam's voice acting just is basically a, a quiet English man slightly constipated. I'm, I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> have Have you seen the Critical Role promo where he's uh, doing overacting? No. I, I'll send you that one after Please the do. show. Yeah. And because it's, it's funny and you see Travis in the background trying not to crack up and then realize he's holding a sword and hides his face behind the sword mm. so that he can't crack up because it's so funny. <laughs> and it's like way to use that theater degree for an excellent promo, Liam. And, and by the way, we're not making fun of him. We love him on this show. We do. Yeah. It's, I think we do. It's fun. I think you take these him. jokes in good humor. 
I, I, I want him to sign my uh, infinite plush from... Oh, uh, infinite plush. Okay. No. <laughs> Bond would not allow that. Oh, all right. Um, no, my infinite plush from Sonic Forces. Because he voices that character. Oh, and fun fact, he was also Red 13 in Advent Children. Oh, nice. Like the one voiced line that that character had. Um, I'm anyway, a research uh, animal. Um, news. Kickstarter uh, block. Armed, <laughs> yeah, Armed Fantasia and Penny Blood Kickstarter is coming to a close with final events. Um, it, oh. it, well, you're late. They're, it's already done now. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. I sh- I probably it was this week. Did I miss the Mandragora one? I'm confused. No, 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 no. We're talking about... Oh. But there are some videos out of Armed, Armed Fantasia, which is the Wild Arms one. Mm-hmm. They're showing off the gameplay, and then there's a little bit more for Penny Blood. Yeah, the Penny Blood trailer was showing off the battle and what happens when you use like some sort of fusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sigil Slaughter, which um, is like a combination attack that looks. Yeah, it's it's also showing off like its new version of uh, what was it? Is the Judgment Ring in the Shadow Heart games where you yeah. had the the timing yeah. effects as well? So this one obviously has is that. She as an well. Android, or she just Maybe? has fake limbs? She's got gun <laughs> limbs. Yeah, gun limbs. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that one looks well, way more. In- Penny Blood looks way more interesting to me than Armed Fantasia. I but, agree. You know, in, fa- <laughs> in fairness, like Arm, I'm sure it's early. So Arm Fantasia just looks kind of empty and open. Yeah. Well, we'll see yeah, in I, 75 years when these games actually come out. Exactly. Yeah, I want the, I want to see more stuff of the Armed Fantasia because the thing with Wild Arms is um, having cool guns and uh, a Western feel to it. And they haven't showed a whole lot of that yet. Yeah. So, and truth be told, I didn't play a lot of Shadow Hearts back in the day. I had trouble getting into those. Well, now there's a new one to get into. So there's that. We've got the Kickstarter check-in for Madragora. Uh, this is by developer Primal Game Studio, and it's a side-scrolling action RPG that looks very much inspired by Castlevania. <laughs> but but also they cite Dark Souls and Witcher 3. Um, they are looking for... Uh, so, sorry, my mind was blanking. They, were, they are looking for $110,000 in funding that's going to run until October 25th. Um, and they've man, already this hit looks goal. pretty. Mm. It's if like a better least... looking version of um, Bloodstained. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you pledge at least twenty five dollars, you will get uh, a digital copy of the game. I don't know what the mega reward is. I'll wait and see how it does, and when it comes out. <laughs> um, East Asia Soft, East Asia Soft, and Softstar partner for more console releases. Whoever they are. <laughs> Uh, the only game I know for sure from East Asia Soft that was a put that they published was uh, Rainbow Skies and Rainbow Moon, but um, they announced Sea Horizon Sword and Fairy into and a Nintendo Switch version of Shuan Yun Sword Seven. Is that the Chinese RPG we've been doing stories on for a while here? Or is that's that the Taiwanese one? one. Oh gosh, I don't want to so, get into the politics of Taiwan versus Japan. Okay, we're just gonna yeah. move right on there. <laughs> So, Sea Horizon is developed by 45 Studio and has been available on early access since May. And the partnership is going to see the game put on consoles, um, coming first to Switch and then PS4 and PS5 and Xbox and all of them. 
um, the Switch version is also going to get a physical release through Play Asia and limited standard edition. Oh, but Sword and Fairy Inn is related to the Chinese one we've been talking to, which was Sword mm-hmm. and Fairy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Actually, this looks yeah. cool. This looks like a game Anna would play. Oh, mm-hmm. it has farming. Okay, we have too many of those. We're we're good. Thanks. Too many farms. The farm is closed the now. Farm is closed. So uh, they they're announcing games and they'll come out. So look forward to more games from Asian companies that haven't been publishing here lately. Or yeah. something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, are you excited about Enclave HD and Oceanhorn Two physical? Releases? What in the world is Enclave HD? Should I know what that is? Was I supposed to know what that is? I mean, Enclave kind of looks like it was a Baldur's Gate clone. Was it? Me. I don't know. It, like, they're using the font. That's for darn sure. And they got the logo being ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So, Enclave... What's it say? What's it say it is? It is a... Um... Oh, it doesn't say what it is. All right, cool. Oh, third-person action RPG. So, not that. By Starbreeze with two separate story-driven campaigns where you side with either light or darkness and lots of classes and blah, 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 blah. Came out in 2002 for the Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a remaster for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Tell me about Oceanhorn 2. I believe Oceanhorn was kind of a... Oceanhorn, take me by the hand. Lead me to the corn. No, I, I I'm having a hard time summing up what it was. Oh, I think Oceanhorn was kind of a it's Zelda. Clone. Yeah, it's uh, uh it's uh no, the first one is like um the first fan uh first Zelda on the DS. Okay, kinda, and then the uh, the second one is just a an evolution of all those things to be even better. And I think Uematsu did a song for one or both of them. And yeah, I don't know that if you like Zelda games, that's what these are for. Uh, they originally came out on mobiles, but now they are. Uh, and then they came out on like Switch, and uh, Oceanhorn Two is a prequel, and yeah, it'll come PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, but those haven't been dated. But I guess we will get the. Actually, I don't know when does the physical one for this come out. This is going to be, oh my gosh, is this on Switch or what? What is this? Physical standard edition. I guess it's just Switch, on September. 27th you get the pre-order i don't know when it ships so yeah limited run games it's like you just get a notice one day that it ships and it's like oh hey a christmas present from past me um granted it was during the pandemic so this wasn't necessarily their fault but it took literally a year for our monkey island uh collector's edition to ship to which i i did the pre-order and I put a printout of the pre-order in a box and said this is your Christmas present Vaughn but it's not going to get here just yet and then I think I got it like a week before Christmas the next year and I could have just wrapped that up and given it to him and him being none the wiser had I known. Well why don't you just wrap up the coupon and given it to him? No that's what I did initially and then it But then the game would have gotten before he opened it so you'd be good. I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I I think your timeline needs some scrutiny from CSI. We need to we need to walk through this, but not on the podcast because nobody cares. I care. Okay, Chris, I care. Well, then let's. All right, so let's go over. What was the date that you pre-ordered? You know? 
it was no i was joking you know what i'm not gonna go into this i would have to log into my limited run account i don't want to do that you're just remembering something out of order or missing a detail that makes it all come together it's not important i was just joking okay tracer three cares everyone wants to go into the What is it called when you're going to t- crime scene analysis and reconstructing what happened? Criminology. No, not criminology is the mind of the criminal. This is um crime scene restoration. Mhm. This is uh there's a science for this. Forensics. Next... We're doing forensics. forensics. <laughs> so we're going into forens- the forensics of my limited run purchase. I okay. guess you that run wasn't really limited. No? Okay. That's all I got. I even took the glasses off, but I forgot to have the camera on. (laughs) I had pre-ordered the Monkey Island 30th Anniversary Big Box Collection on December 4th, 2020. Mm -hmm. It shipped... trying to see when it got shipped. The tracking number might be expired by now. Yeah, the tracking number is, is expired. It had shipped literally a year to the day that I did that for you. Oh, well, it's maybe a, you gave him box. that slip in the box the previous year. Yeah, I gave him that slip in the box. In 2020, the and then, okay. And then the next year, he would it would have come out. So it's no problem. That so, explains yeah, it. Yeah, but I, it would have been a neat surprise. Yeah, because... that you sat on for a year? Nah. Yeah. You needed credit. <laughs> Hair frog, I did start writing it on my whiteboard. It's funny that you say that. (laughs) I have a whiteboard over here, and I started jotting dates down. (laughs) But I also um, um, ran it ran it by him first before I even said I was going to get it because I was like, "Look, this this is a two hundred dollar collector's edition, and I don't want I don't want to get it for you." Then it's not a surprise. Okay. I've been bamboozled into thinking you had a story that you didn't really have, and it didn't stand up to intense scrutiny, and gosh darn it, I've only got myself to blame. Chris, Chris, I bank on the fact that Vaughn forgets things that I tell him. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So, yeah, he would have forgotten a year later. That's cool. Uh... That's, but but also if I'm gonna like drop that kind of money on a, <clears throat> on a collector's edition for him, I want to make damn sure he's gonna be interested in it. You know, what I think we've forgotten hmm. Skyrim that we're doing a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we we forget that every week. What are you talking about? So what what's Skyrim coming out on now? Um, the anniversary edition released on Switch, so you can buy it as a DLC upgrade for twenty bucks, or in a bundle with the base game for uh, sixty nine. Wasn't it already an enhanced version on the Switch? Apparently no. not. <laughs> it was just the regular Apparently. version. I'm so confused. How many? <laughs> All right. So now it just comes with the DLCs. Yeah. For more money. Yeah. Are you gonna buy it? Probably no. not. Why would I buy the Switch version? I have a Steam Deck now. Because it's another excuse to play it on something else? I I played it once on Steam. And now you can play it on Switch. And then on Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm not double dipping there. Alright, cool. Um, oh, I see. 
It adds all three expansions plus over 500 pieces of content from the Creation Club, an in-game store that adds new content access by spending credits for paid for with real-world money. Oh my gosh. Is that what they is that their paid mod solution? It must be. Yeah. I guess. Yes, so. And we've got Meg's monster demo that's available. I this looks talking... cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a girl named Meg wakes up in the underworld um, in a land of monsters that will eat humans. But um, the friendly ogre Roy and his friend yeah. Golan find her first and they decide to protect her. So it's Monsters, Inc. Um, it kind of gave me more Undertale vibes, sort of. Mm. But uh, you're trying to find her mother and it has turn-based combat and the ogre has a bunch of hit points, but the girl has like little hit points and you're trying to protect her. Um, and yeah, can't make sure that she doesn't cry because I guess if she cries, it'll be the end of the world. So the trailer makes it look very dire and I have a feeling something bad's going to happen in this game because of the trailer. Yeah. Probably to your character though, not to the kid. I don't know. Maybe the kid will be used for an experiment. I mean, if it's an adult-rated game, then yeah, maybe the kid will die and will be like, I couldn't keep her safe, I couldn't keep her safe, and then he rages, and then she comes back from the dead, and she's okay, and she cries a tear, and the tear hits him, and it calms him down, and stops the end of the world, and everyone feels good and gets a pie. <laughs> I want you a know, pie. You know it's possible, that's, that's the plot. <laughs> We've played enough of these. <laughs> Now I want pie, too. <laughs> Let's finish this I, up so we can go get pie. I, I have dessert pizza in the fridge. Does that count? It does. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a pie. Excellent. Excellent. But wait, what is cheesecake? Is that a cheese or a pie? I, I've i always considered it to be more of a pie myself, but in a way that I that I'm okay with. Like, if I can't get cake, but I can get cheesecake, all right. Because I prefer cake to pie, so... I I think cheesecake is a good, you know, negotiating strategy for bringing the two sides of the argument together. I, I say just give me both. Okay, that works too. Uh, so, Undecember is launching in October, but shouldn't it launch in December? No, it's Undecember, so it can't okay. launch in December. Um, It originally released in Korea in January and was available on um, mobile and Oh, it's a free-to-play action RPG. That's hence why. Oh, is it? I've been wondering what this trailer is for this entire time. Like, yeah. what is this showing me? <laughs> um, the demo is planned to be made available on Steam as part of Steam Next Fest on October 3rd. And weird-looking game, but you can play it in October. Okay. So this is meant to compete with, like, Genshin Impact, then? I, I Or guess. is it a Path of Exile? Oh, this is a Path of Exile. This is a Diablo-like. Yeah. Okay, I'm more interested now. Hello. Look at that. But it's free to play, so it's like Lost Ark. Oh, no. Mm. We'll see how they do it. Is it dis- Do we know if it's... Okay, sorry, I have questions now. Is it... Um, do we know if it's... How do they do their monetization? I don't oh, it already came out says... on iOS. Oh, it can't be good then. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Carry on. I lost interest. And then... The Witch's House MV is hitting consoles in October. Um, this is a uh, RPG Maker game that made back in 2012, and so it's yeah. getting remade. Yeah, oh, like a corpse party type thing. 
Yeah, it very much looks like that. Very creepy, very But a later version of the engine, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Where oh, they touched it up. Cat. Yeah. Don't black cat's the save point. Um, but yeah, it looks there's a lot of horror themed RPG maker games and um there's an audience for those. I'm I'm amused that they're getting up res remakes and coming out um broad consoles. So that that's pretty much all the news. Are are there games coming out this week? I don't know. That's Chris's thing. Oh. The Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. One one second. Uh-oh. Everyone. Um, uh, What'd you do? Uh, nothing. I didn't do anything. That's the problem. Also, this link is old. Hold on. Let me fix this so we get the right link in this show notes going forward. 2022 in video gaming. It didn't change the link. Come on. 2022. Just in time for the 2023. Okay. So if we go down to September, no, we should go to, oh, it's too late now. Coming out next week because it's October 1st today. Hello, October. Coming out this week. We've got uh, Nier Automata, the end of Yorha edition for the Switch. Anna Marie will be playing. Mm-hmm. If we're all very good, she might consider coming on next week to talk about it, but don't hold your breath. Um, there's also a visual novel. We like to call those out. Chaos Head Noah and Chaos Child, whatever that's about. So, yay. There you go. And then we also have the um, the list from the other place. Where is that? Our oh. website says Mana Finder comes out next week. What's Mana Finder? Uh, Japanese-style turn-based RPG set in the beautiful but unforgiving world of Avi. All right. That's coming to Windows, PC. No Man's Sky is coming to Switch, apparently. Mm. That's not really an RPG, but I like it. Now, was that a cloud version? I am not sure. I feel like it was, but I could be mistaken. Let's find out. While he's finding that out, I'll get into our uh, editorial content. We've got a review for Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burton, or Burton, ah, Burden, uh, by uh, John Woodhouse. He gives it a 3 out of 5, says that it has a strong visual design and effects, a good musical and sound and an effective switch off game um, but he also says the balance of issues can make it too easy and that uh, the most interesting content only comes at the end so yeah, the, the oh yep another card game the 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 scuttlebutt is that this is not a cloud version mm-hmm. no man's okay. sky which is impressive But. And then we've got an Arrowheart deep look um, from Alex Fuller, who g- goes into this very 2D Zelda-looking game, um, right to the point that it looks kind of like a sprite flip in the screenshots. Am, am I crazy, or does it look like that to you guys? Um, Say that again? I mean, it looks like Link's Awakening, right? Yeah. With a... But like a sprite recolor. Yeah, for some of these things. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's also nice. HD and has a better menu and who knows what. So, like, how'd it do? They stopped playing, so it can't be good, right? I, I don't Said it was challenging. 
Yeah. Basically, it, if you see a deep look on the site, that's the equivalent of a deep six. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm done with this game. <laughs> okay. I don't even feel like finishing the review. <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> well, didn't Alex have to turn a couple of reviews into deep looks because he couldn't finish the game? Yeah, but is that the case here? <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I haven't talked to Alex. Uh, it doesn't sound. I think they'd call it out and say he would call it out and say it was buggy if that was the case. Yeah. Unintuitive menu controls and slow scrolling text that can't be sped up. So this looks like a game that could use some patches, but maybe it'll get them. So we'll see. Um, I love the look. Mm-hmm. Right. It just like it does. Oh, this feels like classic Zelda. This should be good. So I want to see them. I want to see them update this and like fix it. All right. And that, that's all the news and reviews and other stuff that makes a show. I wonder if it works on Slow a Steam Deck. Slow news week. And yet it still took us forever, which is good. Okay. Well, um, I have to ask you two questions. Number one, have you ever f- bought into a failed console? And that very loose definition on failed here. That's a question you, the audience, can answer over on our website at Twitter at rpgamer.com and go to the podcast section, find the show thread and post your response. And then I have to ask you, Josh and Kelly, what game are you going to play this week? I'm definitely going to get back into trails. I think it's a trails week. Trails from zero. Uh, probably trails from trails to Azure. Probably. Trails to Azure. I'm using trails from zero coming out to be motivation to go back and finish trails to Azure. I noticed like Trails from Zero seems to be the only Trails game that's like officially Steam Deck supported. Which mm-hmm. is cool, but like why don't they do the others? <laughs> uh it's be- I I think we've got the problem of the split between the uh localizers, so oh. the the people who own the older games probably just didn't motivated to put in the uh the effort gotcha. to do that. <laughs> and then getting the uh, cold steel games might actually, you know, like that would probably take some work to make them, you know, like fully, uh, fully compatible. My understanding is that they work. It's probably just like occasionally you have to use a keyboard or something like that. That's often what it is when you say that they're not fully compatible. Yeah. Unless it's Baldur's gate, in which case there's so many issues. <laughs> See, I, I was under the impression that, something wasn't fully compatible because of graphics issues and you can tweak settings to make it work. It depends Sometimes on the game. Yeah. Depends on the game. But a lot of times when it's considered not the green check mark fully compatible, it will be it, it can be as minor as just like you have to enter not, the character's name with the keyboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. And so you <laughs> and it doesn't automatically bring up the uh it's not built in to automatically bring up the 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 keyboard on the screen. I see. But sometimes that's all that, that it is. Or or sometimes there could be, like you said, there could be like weird graphical things and you have to go in and actually like play around with it. Like there, there's a wide variety in that. <laughs> in that sort of works uh, 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 version of uh, Steam Deck games. I, I do find it funny that I bought myself a Steam Deck when the one thing I hate about PC gaming is how uh, how fiddly some of getting some of that stuff to work is. But yet you bought it because you want to fiddle around with emulators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a complicated I mean, person. Yep, that that's just how it goes. Well, no, it, it's more that I get frustrated when 
there's an obscure setting on my Windows machine that's causing a PC game not to work. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And it's an obscure PC game, so nobody has figured out a workaround. That's the stuff that always frustrates me. But um, that being said, I'm going to be playing more Yakuza and more Shining Force 3. Hopefully I'll get to start um, Trails from Zero at some point. I hope so, too. Then we can talk about it. Yes. Yes, like I can't wait to get into those chess jokes. <laughs> they're back. They're back. After being gone during Cold Steel, they're back for Crossbell. Because P- Platy on Twitter posted, found a list of all of them, and I had to do everything in my power not to just read them all right there. Because I wanted to be surprised. Oh, oh, I'm... Um... I mean, they even went to the trouble to, like, write little stories in some of them, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, You'll went, have I, went through, I went through all of the ones in Trails the Third just because I hadn't, or I had played through that one already. And those are some f- funny ones. And, yeah, that's one of the ones that has a little story within. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things that was never in the original game that Exceed just went crazy when they localized it and, and turned it into such a cute little thing. Yep, that's awesome. But I- I'm ready to call it a podcast, guys. All right. I'm going to be playing more Baldur's Gate this week for sure. Um, I feel like there's something else I should be playing, but I don't know what. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I keep waiting for something big to come out and it doesn't happen. Uh- I mean, it is going to be a huge release window um, coming up with a whole bunch of different stuff. No, what do we November got? November is like... going to be cramped. Uh, November, we've got Pokemon, uh, Dragonflight. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. All right. It's not doing it for you, Chris. Pokemon might. All right. Pokemon's good. Um, I don't like that they're annualized, but Pokemon might. Uh, more than annual yeah we've already had one this year this is number two and i didn't play that one at all yet and people liked it so i probably should yeah i have it but i haven't played it pokemon streams from chris oh no did i stream arceus (laughs) to figure that out all right well, we're going to call it. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to figure out how to get WoW on my Steam Deck and continue playing, setting up AI art on a server and annoying Kelly by stealing her art. Not really. And and altering it. Then taking credit for I, it. I give you permission as long as you give me credit. What I don't like is the the people that are... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh-oh. Wait, wait. Uh-oh. Wait. Uh-oh. Wait. Uh-oh. Wait. Uh-oh. Thank you for reminding me. Um. Uh, WoW announced the expansion da- date for Dragonflight November 28th. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Oh, I just missed that. Gonna... <laughs> well, then Wait, never this mind. This just in. This just in. We already talked about I it. This is late to the party. Oh, never mind. I thought that he was bursting in to, to tell me that giving Chris to use my art and AI art is a bad idea. It probably is, <laughs> to be fair. Is a bad idea. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. But... I. I'm, I think I was in the kitchen during that announcement, so that was me. What I was getting ready to say was that, you know, taking someone else's art and then putting it through an AI art generator and calling it your own is like ordering DoorDash and putting uh, some salt on it and calling yourself a chef. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got issues with AI art. Listen, I'm if sure you that if you wants to hear it, it depends how you're using it. If it's influenced yeah. by many pieces of art equally that are in the public domain, that's different than taking the image to image generator that takes an image and starts from that. And that image is someone's copyrighted work. And you really are being a jerk by not crediting them and getting permission. Ugh. Well, the other thing that pissed me off about AI art this week is that um, people have been submitting it to the critical role fan art submission. Oh no. And it's like, Oh, I, you know, I've had something that I've submitted twice that hasn't showed up, but AI art's been showing up just fine. Hey. So if no, you do a good job, down, it, was it good? I didn't see it. They took it down when someone pointed it out and huh. good on them for taking it down. Well, but what, yeah, it's I mean, just, if it's good. Okay. Do they have a rule against AI art? In which case, yeah, that's fine. Cause, okay. Because it's so sketchy right now. Okay. Because like, I could totally see some cool stuff coming out of mid journey that you could then paint over to finish up and submit and be really cool. But. Yeah, that's it, fine it if the rule of rules the rule is the rule you got to follow the rules all right i mean there's such a gray area and proving yeah. whether or not people actually put their own yeah no i know i know it, it's so hard to know did this person really do it all from a straight generator or did they steal someone's art and like start twisting it into this new piece and not give them credit yeah that yeah, sucks the, the the tech bro that was calling himself an artist over it was just taking people's stuff and tweaking it. Ugh. So. Ugh. But we don't have time to get into that. I'm tired and hungry. Time for pie. Pie time. time pie. Everyone go get pie. Thanks for watching. Go contribute to the show thread. And we'll see you next week on RPG Bye -bye. Cast. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.